Are all desires good? Real life starts now. Welcome to Real Life with Evangelist Han and Kathleen Lay, where people with real problems find answers in a real God. Welcome to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Lay, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Lay. Later in the show, you'll hear from Beckett Cook, who struggled with same-sex attraction and ended up as a famous set designer in Hollywood. You know, when it comes to desire, I remember growing up and people would say, go with your heart, do whatever your heart is telling you. Mm. And I remember that I desired to be loved so much and I would chase after guys in relationships. And finally I came to a place where I didn't care if the guy was married, because if I wanted that specific relationship, then I was going to go after it. And I think most people would say, wow, that's messed up. And looking back, I think, wow, that is messed up. Yeah. Another example is when I was younger, I think I had good you know, desires to defend myself, to make sure that I was protected. Mm-hmm. But then it got a little out of hand when it came to the point where someone would just cut me off and I want to beat them down with a baseball bat, you know, mm. where anger kind of got the best of me. Wow. And being on the hockey team, that just really helped to fuel a lot of that. Right. And so are all desires good? Just hearing that, I think we can say, no, not all desires are good. Right. Well, the Bible says in James 1, 14 through 15, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Mm. You know, the Bible is basically talking about how not all desires are good. And when those evil desires or bad desires begin to form inside of us, it causes us to sin or to miss the mark. Mm-hmm. The, the mark is where we're supposed to be with, with God. The best intention and plan that God has for us, we begin to miss it. And if we keep on with that sin full grown, it brings forth death, death to something or even spiritually an eternal death. Mm. And I know for my life, as I continued down that crooked path, my life was very miserable and I was very depressed. It wasn't until I surrendered to God that my life changed. And we're going to hear from Beckett Cook after the break. Real life is made possible by people like you. We'd like to take this opportunity to sincerely thank you for your generous support. We couldn't do it without you. May God bless. Welcome back to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Light. Hello, everyone. Joining us is Beckett Cook, and he's going to share with us how he had same-sex attraction since he was a young boy, didn't really have any type of relationship with God, nor even believed that he was real, but had a powerful encounter with Jesus. And we're going to hear about that. Let's welcome to the show, Beckett. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Yes. So I understand at a young age, you started to have same-sex attraction. You were raised in a religious home. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I was raised in a Catholic home and I went to Catholic schools, you know, K through 12. And I knew about God. I knew about the Trinity. I knew all these things, but I didn't know God. But at a very early age, I guess I was, you know, about nine years old, I started to sense same-sex attraction. And I didn't know what to do with it because according to, you know, the Catholic Church, according to the culture in Dallas and my family, Mm -hmm. it was totally 
frowned upon, to say the least, to be gay. And so, you know, I had to hide this kind of inner feeling I had. And it was weird because I had to live this sort of double life. On the outside, I was like a popular kid in school. And, you know, I went steady with girls. But on the inside, I knew I was attracted to the same sex. Mm. And what a difficult place to be in. And what were some of the feelings and emotions you were struggling with as a young guy? Well, it was hard because I always wanted to date girls and I wanted to be like all the other kids, all the other guys in my class. And I wanted it to be real, but it was hard because even in high school, I actually, you know, dated three different girls and it was pretty serious dating. Basically, I was living a lie and they always didn't really get why I wasn't being more aggressive or why I didn't want to really kiss them. So it was a strange thing to go through because Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be normal. But I knew that, you know, I wasn't. I knew that I was kind of a misfit. Wow. What a difficult place. And there's so many people who struggle with that. So here you were. And as you were growing up, you ended up where you were in same-sex relationships. And what started bringing you into that lifestyle of homosexuality? Well, it started in high school. My junior year of high school, I met a guy in my school. I went to an all-boys high school, and I met a friend. We became best friends, and we ended up coming out to each other. And once that door opened, I mean, that really opened the floodgates because we were very young. I was like, I don't know, 16. Mm -hmm. And he was 15. And we were going out to gay bars in Dallas, where I grew up. We're going to gay bars and to nightclubs. And it was this amazing kind of feeling when I walked into these nightclubs or gay bars. I just was like, wow, like, these are my people. I'm finally home. Like, all these people are feeling the same way I'm feeling. And now I can finally, quote unquote, find my people. Right. And it was funny because I was still going to all these, you know, debutante balls and dances with girls in high school. But, you know, after the debutante ball, my best friend and I would sneak off and like go, (laughs) go to the gay bars at like midnight in Dallas. And so, again, I had this double life. Mm. And then again, in college, the same thing happened. I ended up becoming best friends with a gay guy. We came out to each other. We explored gay life together. And then what really was the final thing that made homosexuality my identity was after college, I met a guy and we fell in love. And that was my first boyfriend. Then I was like, okay, I'm gay. And I came out to my family. I came out to my friends. Like, that's when I knew for sure that this is who I am and nothing's going to change. Wow. Hmm. And through that, this is what you became as far as your identity. This is who I am. And what did that do for you as far as God was concerned? Did you even believe at that point there was a God or were you like, well, he won't accept me anyway, so I'm just going to do what feels right? At that point, God was not even on my radar. And I was happy not to even think about God because I knew that I was gay and I knew that Christianity, according to the Bible and according to Christianity, I knew that it was a sin. I believed that, you know, I mean, I believed that if that were true, it would be a sin. Mm -hmm. And so God, I just completely put him out of my mind altogether. And I knew that I was gay and I could never be a part of the club of being a Christian because I knew that you know, according to Christians, who I was, quote unquote, was a sin. Mm. So 
it was just off the table. Like I became a practical atheist as I got older because God was just never a part of my life or discussed when I was an adult. So right. right. Wow. And so now as you become an adult, you actually become very successful. You were working in Hollywood doing set design and you were working with the rich and famous During that time, you were meeting a lot of people and doing a lot of things. Did you start to feel fulfilled? I mean, did the lifestyle of being a homosexual and also, you know, being in Hollywood and making money, did you feel like you were at the top of your life, like you were happy at that time? Yeah, I felt, I don't know if the word is happy, but I definitely was having a really good time in my life. You know, because life is difficult in Hollywood, whether you're <laughs> struggling with homosexuality or not. Right. But yeah, after college, I moved to L.A. I got in this really fun, smart group of friends, and they were all from the East Coast, from Ivy League schools. And they all run Hollywood now. They're all just like amazing, like smart, funny, funny people. And we all became this group of best friends. And some in the group were, you know, heterosexual, some were gay. There were some movie stars in our group. Mm. Literally, we watched our friends become movie stars. Wow. Minnie Driver was in our group, and she became a movie star. We watched that happen with Goodwill Hunting and other things. And so mm. during that time, I was having the time of my life. I was dating guys. I went through five different serious relationships with guys. I was going to you know the Oscars, the Emmys, the Golden Globes, all the award shows and all the you know premieres of movies several nights a week, I would go to premieres of movies and I would go to Paris Fashion Week, New York Fashion Week. And so, yeah, for a long time, I thought, okay, this is the purpose of life is to make a mark on this world by doing something, you know, creative and fun and cool Mm -hmm. and to meet the love of my life. And the third thing was to have as many great, extraordinary experiences as I could. Mm. And so that was all happening. And so I felt fulfilled for a long time. And I felt like I'm in the crowd. I'm in the scene and this is fun and I'm loving my life. Right. So that went on for a long time. That went on for 10, 15 years. Wow. As you said, I was a set designer for many years, you know, and I would do the cover of Vogue, the cover of Harper's Bazaar. I worked with every actress, every movie star, everyone. I beat Paris Hilton. I did like several shoots at her house. Like everyone. I mean, I just worked with everyone and met everyone. So yeah, for a while, that life really was kind of fulfilling to me. Right. And then there came a time where you realized, is this what life is all about? You actually had a transition in your heart where though you were having a great time, you were on the top of the world, something changed for you where you started to feel empty. And we're going to talk about that in our next show and find out what it was where your heart just started to feel like this is not what it's all about. And then you had an incredible encounter with God. And we're going to hear about that in our next show. Beckett, thank you so much for sharing with us. We're going to pray for those who are listening right now. You know, I can really relate to that idea, being a former atheist myself, because there was times in my life where I thought I was getting everything that I wanted. Mm -hmm. And in getting that, suddenly realizing, wait a minute, there's an emptiness in it. And, you know, I think we're going to hear more about it in Beckett's life. But, you know, so many of us can be like that. We're going about our lives Mm -hmm. and we are getting everything we think that we should have. Right. But deep inside, if we just take one moment to look what's inside... We feel that emptiness. Mm -hmm. We know that there's something missing. Mm -hmm. And the missing piece, could it be? Yes, it is Jesus Christ. That's what I found it to be, my friend. 
And when I've received Jesus Christ as my Savior, the fulfillment went to such a high degree Mm -hmm. that it completely changed everything. Mm -hmm. And now I have a greater level of understanding of what true joy and happiness is. Mm -hmm. So my friend, if that's you and you're out there and you're going about life, but you know deep down inside there's something missing, I just want to give you an opportunity to call out to Jesus. And if you're wondering if Jesus is real, just say right now, Jesus, if you're real, would you reveal yourself to me? Jesus, we receive you, we believe in you, and we want to follow you, and we want to experience something truly newer and higher for a more fulfilled life in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to Real Life.